Hello, and welcome to the My Leap of Faith podcast. My name is Gabrielle Genter, and I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling, to discovering myself through the help of energy healers, shamanic practices, grounding in nature, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. This is a journey of being stripped raw to the place of knowing no thing, as it is there we are able to open our hearts to everything and create a new existence on Mother Earth. My hope is to demystify the process of becoming one with your higher self and sharing your light from that place, and I want to bring you along for the ride. Send us farther than our legs can carry us, but Hello everyone, welcome back. If you guys are in the Facebook group, you will have known that I, or we, recently lost our baby G, and um, she was our first cat, our first experience with a cat. She came to us um, in our old house. She just showed up on our doorstep one day, and she was a feral cat that the city had already um, collected and fixed and clipped her ear and put her back out on the street and so when she got to us although she was small she was terrified of the world and terrified of everything and everyone and however she came to our door and we started just giving her some food um, so that she would at least have food and over the those couple of days we were able to get her inside even with the dogs <laughs> and um we built a friendship with her and that turned to just a, a very loving relationship. She only let Richard and I touch her. She was terrified of everyone else um, other than her siblings, which she loved very deeply. <laughs> um, when we had guests over, she would always go into my closet and just stay there the whole time. So this episode... I'm going to explore why our fur babies come into our lives and the spiritual meaning behind them and also why they leave too soon sometimes or even if they've had a long life, why do they leave? Um, this question or this exploration came from one of you who asked the question because there are many people losing their animals right now. Is our light and the work that we use or the light that we use in our work too much for our animals? So right off the bat, I'm going to say no. <laughs> That's a, a negative on that one. Um, but I did go much deeper into this um, partnership and I would like to explore it with you guys. So first, um, the message that I got is that as with everything in the matrix, when our energies aren't in alignment anymore, they separate. So we can have animals that are with us for the long term. And the way that looks, it's like this arc, this this um, journey that they're here for us with or for. Where then we also will have animals that come in for very specific reasons that will stay only for short periods of time. But 
if the animal is here with our energy and with us, it has nothing to do with them leaving because of our ascension. If anything, they are supporting the ascension and actually are part, in some cases, of our fractals. So they are here for that journey. But in the life of an animal, it is a two-dimensional being and it doesn't have the longevity that these current vessel suits have. So it can move up in vibration and support our rise with us until it gets to the point where it's ready to take an exit point. Now, I don't know, I don't want to say interestingly, but yes, interestingly, the exit points of our animals are always um, synchronistic with what's happening in our own development. If you think about dimensions like this, um, the second dimension of animals, and not I'm I would say fur babies, but that can be anything, can be f- wings or feathers and fish and you know any kind of baby that you consider your your baby, <laughs> um, your animal friend is in the second dimension and every dimension supports the one above it. So um, second dimension is literally here for our growth. Although they are also on their own growth path and have their own missions, they are here to support us. Just like we have so much galactic and, and higher dimensional support in this plane, it's because we build on each other. So if we if if we aren't support if they don't support us, right? We're not able to move the evolution of dimensions forward. So the same goes for the animal kingdom. They especially are domesticated animals. They are here to help us in in the deepest ways possible. You know, I, I like if you think about people that are too terrified to be around other people. They have animals to support their their journey in this lifetime. And that, in a lot of cases, becomes the anchor that helps them move forward and not leave this plane. So when we look at, um, you know, we feel like we're taking care of them and they're our babies. Their whole mission is for us and, and the support of us during pivotal points in the journey. And, <clears throat> excuse me. I wrote down, um, we think that we are taking care of them and they live their entire experience for us. Their devotion to us and our well-being is so vast. Sometimes we need to let go and trust the unknown. Trust the unknown. The higher our frequency moves up, we understand. And instead of mourning, we celebrate the partnership and the contract as complete. Now, (laughs) that's a very wide perspective, and it's really um, a hard one to hold when you're grieving. But um, it's been, God, it's been two weeks since my G left today. And I'm only just, I don't want to say understanding because the mind can't understand any of this, but I was only able to fully open myself to feel why she came and why she left us and also what coincided with the experience and and the synchronicities that brought it about and I want to go through this process with you because I feel like the the deeper understanding that we can move through this grieving process the wider our perspective grows and so that we don't get stuck on the morning of the beautiful soul that has passed. 
Before I move forward, I would like to say that if you are currently experiencing this, um, you know, my heart is wide open to you. And I also want to say the tools that I've used to help me get through this is the day that she went missing, I created an altar for her. I knew that she was gone, but I wanted to hold space for her in my heart until we were able to get past this, um, this devastation. And what that looks like physically is that I, I added her to my altar. I created a candle with her call. Well, not, I had a few colors for her, but one of her colors is on my altar, her picture. Of course, I have every element present and I just, as every day that I light that candle, I ask her to come in and be present with me so that I can understand the bigger picture of what happened. I also knew from the beginning the importance of letting that move through me. And again, if you're on the Facebook group, you would have seen that I posted a picture of me grieving that day. I also remember that after I cried the entire day, Richard came home from work and he was still in the um, denial mode. And, you know, we walked the whole property just in case we you know, it's hard. It's so hard. But I, at the end of that day, we were in our room and I said, babe, you have to let go. You have to cry. You have to let it go. And finally he broke down. And it's only through that breakdown that allows the energy to move and open. So, um, you know, we're still in the process, but (laughs) the grieving is part of the process. And On the other side of it, it's the gratitude and um, the understanding. And um, yeah, I want to I talk with you guys about that today. So as I said, um, we have our long-term friends and our short-term friends. <laughs> and um, I want to talk to you guys in, in reference to that in my own experience, because that's, how, that's what I do. <laughs> So um, my own experience is we or I uh, receive the energy of my my peaky, uh, we call her mama, uh, in 2011. And um, she came in as a long-term friend. Um, now when I go back and I, I do the numerology on the date she arrived, she's a seven. And that energy is a spiritual connection. Uh, she's uh, now... 13 years old and she is meant to be with us the long term. Now she met me at a place in my life that I was not open in terms of awakened in any, in any way, but there was this, um, I knew there was a like this crossroads that I was ready to open my heart. And, um, within that year, Let's see. No, I got her on January 20th of that year. And by the end of the year in December was when Richard and I started talking. And then we met on New Year's Eve 2011-12. So she worked with me that whole year to open my heart up to be ready to receive the energy of Richard when he stepped in. 
And she has been our both now since then our constant companion. Now, if you know us, like she's our animal that looks like the biggest baby, but and she, she but she's not. She's like a tough little lady. She's from the Bronx, <laughs> and she's like. She's not a cuddler. She does her own thing. She looks like cute as hell, but she is her own being. Um, now, that being said, I'm sure she is our bigger teacher in this life, and she's just never meant to be that, like, cuddly friend. And I used to say when when she was our only animal, I would always sing to her, let mama hold you, let mama love you, <laughs> because she wouldn't. She just wouldn't. It's like she is like such a stoic lady. And she like takes no shit from anyone. And she's like there. She's just a solid companion. So, um, you know, we moved cross country with her. And uh, when we moved into our first uh, house, Richard started, you know, working at a vet clinic um, there, and he one night brought home Iggy, who Iggy was this little being that uh, had been a pet store dog, and the, the the hospital that he worked for had a relationship with this pet store that they, you know, whatever issues that those dogs had, they went to, to their hospital. Well, Iggy showed up um, with lung issues and pneumonia, and so he ended up living in the hospital for months. And by the end of his, all of his treatments, because they would not pay extra to do the testing to find out exactly what type of medication was needed, Iggy um, was not adopt or was not a, a animal that they could sell. So Richard brought him home one night, and we knew from the beginning that he had issues. Like he could barely breathe. He was on many medications, and we were just helping him through his life. So we knew going into it that he probably wouldn't be around forever, but we had our hearts open because this guy was like incredible. He was so much love, and because he needed us, we needed him. You know, it changed the dynamic of our household where Peaky was so independent. Iggy was the complete opposite. He was like <laughs> all the time and just wanted to be held. He loved licking us like he was a slow licker. So um, last night I tuned into why he came. And the answer that I, I received was that he came to help us through a very difficult time of infertility in our infertility journey. He showed up at the same time that we were opening ourselves to become parents, but knew we were struggling and weren't able to um, do that on our own. During that period, Richard and I were at odds with what we were, what each of us wanted. I believe that I was here to be a mother and that was my end goal. And I I couldn't imagine life without that. Richard had always been this um, person that if it's meant to be, it will be. And he didn't have like, he wasn't putting any pressure on it where I was like at that point, I think 36. And I was like, no, no, no. Now is the time. And this is like, we got to move this train forward. So Iggy arrived as we were um, like just uh, opening the door to infertility and, and the help that we received that way. Interesting, when I went back and looked at the date that he arrived into our lives, it's a vibration of two, which is duality. And I can see this because at that time in, in Richard and my relationship, we were at odds completely with what we wanted out of our future. And I 
Richard and I met online and I had, you know, there was this drop down menu and I said, like, I definitely want to be a parent. So he knew like that was a thing for me. And he had said he did too. So I didn't understand at that time why we were at such odds. And I I mean, now in hindsight, of course, it was that he was in more flow with the process than I was. I was like, my mind is knowing that I'm supposed to be a mother and this is the avenue to get there. You know, through that journey, we found out that I had a genetic disorder as to why I kept miscarrying. And because of that, the only way forward was to go through IVF. And I recall that, you know, we we debated about it for months and it's a long process, but you have to get your body to exactly where it's supposed to be. And we go through with it. We decide we're going to give it one shot. If we're meant to be parents, this this way we can, um, you know, extract the eggs. They can do um, the combining of the sperm and then genetic testing on the, the embryos before they even implant it. Because essentially all of my eggs are not, were, were not viable. So what I recall, and this is going back to 2016, but um, what I recall is that the week that we got the news after I went through the surgery and they collected the eggs and they, you know, um, inseminated the eggs, the week that we got the news that they were all, there were, you know, they start out with 10 and then they um, watch them. And I think they fertilize on day three. And the day that we got the call that none of them were viable was a huge blow for me. I'm sure for Richard more so in the way he was supporting me through that journey. But within days of that call, Iggy died. And it was devastating. Like we had like two blows back to back. And I like it got it was so terrible. (laughs) The day that Iggy died, I was actually in Boston. I wasn't even home. And Richard was so devastated. He could not even function. He I'd had at that point never seen him cry before. When I got home that from uh, that Friday, he was like, I can't live in this house anymore. I like I it all it's gonna remind me of him, like and the pain that he was in the last couple of days of his life. And that weekend we decided to go and um look for a new house. <laughs> I mean, because I was like, okay, if we can't live here, let's just go look. Maybe I, I didn't know energy then, but I knew like he was being he was he couldn't handle it. It was too painful for him. And Iggy just, because he needed us so desperately in his life, we, we created a bond with him. That was something that I, I hadn't experienced until G came along. Okay. So literally the, the first day we decided to go look for a new place to live, we found our next house and it went fast. Like it was like, we, we, we weren't even really like thinking we were going to move, but in that day, like we, the, the agent that was selling the house that we wanted to buy was like, I can put yours up for sale. And it was like up for sale within days. And literally the whole thing happened within a week. Okay. So we were moving and we had our, our baby was gone. We have Peaky still and we move in because the the overlapping of escrows, um, there was a two-week period we had to move in with my mom. And there was a, a, a shelter that is near her house and or was near her house. 
And I was like, let's just go look. Let's just go see if there's anyone there that wants to come home with us. And Richard said before we went to look, uh, you know, like we're still with your mom. We can't get if they're here when we get back or when we move into our house in two weeks, like fine. So in comes Penny and I saw her and I knew that I just knew like she's meant for me. Now, the way that I knew is that she's a Vishla Pitbull mix and I knew uh, someone in my running group, because I used to be a runner, had just keyed me in or gave me the threat of Vishla. And I didn't hadn't heard of the dog before, but when I saw her, I was like, oh, that's our girl. And I knew it. And Richard said, okay, if she's here and when we move, it was like 10 days until we move. Uh, well, of course, she got adopted the next day. And I'm watching their website and she's gone. And I went through this period of like franticness, like, oh, like, well, what kind of, you know, and looking at the other shelters online. And um, that was, I think, a Sunday. And then Friday, I was, uh, I was driving with my mom's, it would have been her stepdaughter. <laughs> and I was like, let's go, let's go and, and see who's at uh, the, the shelter today. And so I told her to pull it as I'm driving. Uh, pull up online and she's looking through and she's like, isn't this the girl that you wanted? And sure enough, they called her Venus, which is no coincidence at this point, but um, her name was Venus at at the shelter and uh, they had put her back on the website. So I get on the phone while I'm driving and I called and I was like, "Um, is Venus back? And they said, yes, the people that adopted her uh, the wife found realized that they didn't want Pitbull wherever they live. They weren't allowed to have Pitbull and they brought her back. And I was like, please do not put her back out like for adoption. I'm on my way and I know she's ours. So <laughs> I, I rushed there. I like they put we were in this like field together and like she it was like a part of me came home and now I know that Penny actually is a fractal of me she came in on the day of of the 22nd vibration which is the master builder number or the master architect and I felt her come in like I knew she was my energy I just that that energy of love and openness and just sweet surrender is is penny in every way and i i yeah i knew and i brought her back to my mom's house because you know we were still living with her i didn't tell her i just texted richard she's back he said get her <laughs> so it it all flowed and then we had to live with my mom for a couple week or a week or something before we were able to move into our house but that synchronicity of that moment I I was present for present more present for than I had been with the other two because Iggy came in through Richard and Peaky I wasn't awake yet Penny I was at my lowest point and she was that um that Venus energy that I needed, like I desperately was at my lowest at that point. Now, going forward, I still had many miscarriages, but that was the end of our uh, infertility uh, help journey. So we just had Peaky and Penny for years. And then in 2021 is when G came in. And G came in um, through the vibration of three which is the catalytic vibration. It moves others without changing itself. And what I know now is that G arrived for us as the support for the our growth as a couple. So where Penny, 
so we have Peaky, who's like the solid, solid uh, energy. Then we had Iggy, who was there to support us through our our duality, really. Then we have Penny, who is the, the nurturance and the love. And in comes G as the support for the growth of our relationship. Now, this is all news to new to me. I only knew found out this yesterday by tapping into it. And she came to, to solidify us, to bring us in this new vibration. Because at the time G came in, 2021, I was already awakened. But remember, Richard is not on the same path as me. So there was like, it was like she was this, um, again, like the same energy of Iggy where she needed us, but in a totally different way. But she needed us and, and was terrified of everyone else. So there was this bond that was created through the love that we were able to support her with. And Richard and I, I mean, he asked me to marry him within six months of her arriving. Now, that wasn't on the trajectory of our relationship at all from both sides. It was like all of a sudden it was it just came together. And now I know it was through her. Like she was the one that only, and I know, like she would tell me she didn't want anyone else touching her because she didn't want anyone else's energy on her. She was like very adamant, like nobody else got to touch that girl. And uh, so then I did some digging and tried to figure out, okay, if she arrived to help support our growth as a couple, why did she, what, what happened that made her ready to leave? So on um, this year, on July 14th, uh, Richard had his opening when on our trip to Mount Shasta and our um, experience with the, the tour that we went on with Dan, Richard, and I'm not sure if I share this, I'm pretty sure I did. He had this opening of understanding that he is here to fully support me and this mission. Now, that realization, now he's been on the path, like he's, you know, been picking up the the threads and understanding. And, you know, obviously, we're four years into this, and he has been that. But his mind, there was a part of his mind that was still holding back of I we want eventually we we need to be equals again. His breakdown of that happened on um on uh, July 14th, 2023, which is the vibration of one, which is new beginnings. So she knew that uh, her job was done. Her job came full circle. And to me, her knowing that is why she was ready to go. Now, she leaves us on the day that she, she um, the last day I saw her was August 7th, which is the uh, a vibration of 22 again. And here we have the master builder, the master architect. She was a force. This girl was not, um, I don't even know, like she was terrified of this planet, but she was from another dimension. She knew that her job was complete. And I remember that day that I, that we went out to water the plants and feed the birds. I, I can see her in my eye as she walked across the pool to her palm tree where she always sat under and watched the birds. And that was the last time I saw her. Um, she knew. She knew she was ready. She knew her job was done. And I am so grateful, you know, like I've gotten to this place of understanding that 
however long they're in our lives, they're here for the biggest impact that they can make. Now, next, I, after right after G came in, we got another cat that came in again without us looking for. So uh, in October of that of 2021, so we had had G a couple of months by that point, Richard was visiting a friend in um, Anza Borrego, which is in California, but it's like out in the deserty and mountains. And um, his, his friend's neighbor had barn cats. And this cat just came up to Richard that day and would not leave his lap. Like he was attached to Richard. And so Richard just brought him home that night. And uh, that in came Merlin. And Merlin uh, is a totally different vibration than G. He's here for the long term, which is weird because he is a hunter. He's a barn cat. So when he was an outdoor, indoor cat, he brought in lizards and, I mean, mice and birds. Anything that he could catch, he would bring it to me. And I always, that made me feel like he's part of the circle of life. So if anything is going to happen to any of our kids, it will be him. But no, the coyote did try to get Merlin first and and he got away and Penny went and chased that coyote and he was he uh, broke all of his nails and his pads were were um, cut, but he survived. And and then he got G the next day. So. Merlin comes in with the vibration of 33, which is the master teacher and self-expression and that anything is possible. He carries with him this personality that is fearless. He is like, uh, I mean, he's a protector, but in a way that is like no big deal to him. Where G was a protector, but terrified of the job in a way, like... (laughs) he's like, I got this. I got this. I'm co- it's covered. I'm not, you know, I'm here. And interestingly, the way we, we were um, kind of babying Merlin that week, because that week, so she um, was gone on, on a Monday and the Friday before Merlin got bit by a rattlesnake, all of a sudden, all of these things with these energies of animals around us were coming through. And, um, Also, my cousin was visiting that week and her dog got attacked by the same coyote. So it was in the energy. It was around us for sure. But Merlin, he got bit by a rattlesnake and he got almost taken by that coyote and he was like, no. So he's already used up two of his lives in the last month. But he... is is now I understand it, a long-term friend. He is here to be with us as long as he can. Merlin is here to support Richard. Where I have Penny as my fractal, I believe that Merlin is Richard's fractal. And the way that Richard feels and is, I mean, he loves all of the animals, but the bond that Merlin and him have is is special and unique. And um, I know I'm not, it's like, I know he came for Richard. So part of me believes that where it's his emotional support. I know that if it would have been Merlin that was taken, Richard would not be able to handle it. I mean, obviously we're grieving G in a big way, but Merlin for him is like his like go-to. When he gets home from work, he's, I mean, the other animals are all right in his face, but Merlin's like, you come to me. And, and, and Richard loves this animal. So then um, we had the Mary come in and the Mary are, are the merits, the bees. And they came in on a day that was the vibration of one. It's the new beginnings. Um, so I, it confirms for me the idea that we cannot 
I mean, look, we can, I can go out and try to find G's replacement. She's not going to be replaced. The energy that she brought was immense. And I'm so grateful for the work that we partnered with. And I feel like she wanted to make sure that Richard and I had a strong foundation to work from while we move forward. Now, the other thing that happened is that the day that she left, the day, the last day I saw her was August 7th, but the actual day that I knew she was gone was Lionsgate 8-8. So I tuned into that and why that is. So it was that week was Lionsgate, the 13th Mother Gateway, and the Venus and Sun conjunction, all in Leo. So this is what I got. Um, by grieving our baby, we opened the alignment to upgrade our bond with one another and our commitment to source for the feminine rising like the Phoenix. The heart was now open and, um, and we have to be in these states of openness to receive that source light into the vessel. Now, let's say I could, could imagine, uh, like, uh, how do I say it? I could maintain or stay open enough to receive that activation, but Richard would not have been there because he doesn't, even if I tell him there's a big alignment today, he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So how do we, how, like G's, uh, timing on this was perfect because she knew that by going and taking this out, that she was opening us up to a portion of ourselves that was like a recommitment to something that we started four years ago. But each um, turn around the, the spiral, it gets deeper. It's like you have to get clear on your mission. You have to be like undying in your devotion. Now, me to to source, Richard to me, you know, like if I if I explain to him this in a bigger way, he'll be like, okay, I can kind of understand. But instead of for, for him, it comes through the vibration of me. And, and, and I would say that that's what he can handle in this life. This is what he's conscious about. So for him to have that opening in Shasta where he is able to now see his mission here is to support this, uh, this growth of opening for me. And no matter where it leads, like neither of us know where that's leading and that doesn't matter. But to have like that unity with each other, that's the growth that needed to happen. And by by her leaving on this day, breaking us open to receive that upgrade, because each one of these um, alignments and, and that one was an extremely strong alignment for all feminine energies on this planet. But if you think about it, the masculine carries that feminine with them too, but how do we let them break it open to receive it? You know, like most men and Richard is so much in his head that for him to take the time to flow in ritual with that alignment wouldn't have been something that he would have done. Us as a group, we were able to celebrate it together on the new moon and really fully embody but for those of us that are on um, in our peripheral, in our support system, she knew that he needed that breaking open. So at this point, I believe that whether you have a long-term friend that's been with you for like 15 years and uh, two of my very closest friends 
recently lost their best friends that had been with them for 15 years. That to me looks like this arc. It's like this support, ongoing support structure as you move forward in your ascension. Now, I would say that for me is um, right now Peaky, Penny, and Merlin. We're all on this arc together. And in between those, we have sparks of light that can come in and either support through a very difficult time, but their energy is so intense that it's here and then it's gone. It's not meant to be uh, over the arc. It's just for a specific purpose. And then you have those um, energies that are so (sighs) intensely devoted to us, I would say, their parents, that their light can't survive this world for for very long, you know. Um, We agree to be the, the stewards or the keepers of them as they express through us what we actually need. Like here, we're calling them our babies, but really they're here like, okay, I'm on a mission and I'm going in, you know. And then once that mission is done, it's like I release and they move with the flow of, of this, uh, process. And I know that, um, Merlin is especially grieving G's loss, uh, because he, and I mean, they all, I mean, they all were a unit and they all supported each other, but Merlin is having a hard time with this. So, I'm trying to support him as best I can. I tried to get him a friend and I brought home a new cat uh, for him to play with and see how it went. And it didn't go well. That new cat uh, tried to murder Merlin and Merlin ended up being like, no, I like just staying in the bedroom and not even coming out of the room. So we knew it wasn't the right fit. But I also discovered that when the right timing comes, it will just flow in. There is going to be no, you know, it will feel synchronistic. And then that energy will come in either to be another long-term supporter of this mission, or it's going to be something that I don't even know that I need support with yet. So uh, I hope that this is helpful. I want you guys to know that um, the higher perspective that we can take Yes, we go through the grieving because that that bond is so intense, but at the same time, it's a completion of a cycle. And it's, uh, you know, if you can tap into what that, what their energy was there for you to bring or to help usher you through, like through being a more open individual, because when you have a pet that you love, your heart is on, I would say, on fire from the love, you know, (laughs) like it's open, it's vulnerable. It's like, oh, and for those of us that don't have children, see the difference with children and animals is that the children are karmic relationships. They share your DNA and they are part of your lineage where these, um, these two-dimensional beings are literally just support systems that we can utilize and fall in love with. And also, I want to say the biggest mistake of animals and, um, and, and the process with the animals of the opening and the, the grieving is that if you get stuck in the process of um, not opening back up, that's that's a a complete dishonoring of the system or of the flow of life. 
And I know like, God, like when I think of when Iggy left us within uh, two weeks, we had Penny. And I remember feeling like she does in no way replaces him, but she helped me grieve more deeply into him. And she helped me feel like safe in my body. So even when we are in the grieving state, allowing that heart to be open and to receive, like if it's meant to come through, saying yes to it, you know, and allowing that next fur baby in when it's time. Ultimately, when they come in and when they're drawn to us or when they spark our our eye or whatever, it is for the purpose of an opening. Now, remember, those openings have either a cycle of their lifetime or a cycle of whatever they came in to work with us on. So I hope that this is helpful, and I, I want to dedicate this episode to my baby G. She was everything, and our hearts are broken, but broken open with the love that she brought us. So thank you. longing for you who kiss the petals of my reach. Welcome back to the Mystery School Moments. (sighs) First of all, I want to say thank you um, for this beautiful opening of energy that I can move through and also just tap into. Uh, Chrissy, if you're listening, thank you for the question and helping me to dive into something that I didn't know I was ready to explore. And also, you know, thank you for the energy that I mean, that allows me to explore. My heart is is open and it's full of love. And I know that with both of us in that state, we're ready for the next energy that's meant to come to us. So today I pulled a card from the Wild Unknown Alchemy Oracle deck. And the card that came for this reading or for this episode is called Separation. It's um, differentiation, divide, to cut away. Separatio is the great alchemical operation of the sword. 
It occurs when substances are pulled apart for their higher good, either willingly or unwillingly. The fissure may take place suddenly with a swift blow of the axe or slowly over time. With a dull blade, no matter how sepriarchio occurs, it will likely be a painful process for all involved. Images of the sword and knives, battles, rebellion, breakups, divorce, and atom splitting are expressions of separtio. The good news is that Sepertio prepares the individual for a more conscious union down the line. It releases stagnant energy and allows the parts to see themselves as individuals. This stage is a prerequisite for conjunction, union, and love. Through the pain of separation, we come to accept and love ourselves as we truly are, and in turn, we love the world. Oh, man. This couldn't be, I mean, more spot on. We as humans get so attached and think that it's supposed to be forever. And so when it does come to an end, it's like, for some reason, we're caught off guard and cannot even comprehend it. But if you think about it, of course it has to come off guard. I mean, in our long-term um, friendships, we see the, the, the decline. We see the process and we grieve with them and we move through it with them as they move through ours with us. But in these um, short-term experiences, it is swift. It is fast. Um, with Iggy, I wasn't even home. And with G, not, no one in my household heard a sound from her. Penny is the most protective dog in the world, so I know she would have fought to the death for G. <laughs> but nobody heard anything. And we never, we walked the property we never saw her, even her collar, no disturbances, no nothing. She's just gone. And to me, I'm grateful. You know, I have to be grateful for the fact that she, I know, did not suffer. There was no, um, you know, blood anywhere. There was no, you know, anything that would have made me grieve it even harder. And for that, I'm so grateful. But I also know that that day, for some reason, everybody stayed inside. They knew in a way that this was happening and they wanted to give space for it to happen because she was the only one that stayed outside after I, I went out to, to do the plants and the birds in the morning. And everything is aligned, you know? I, I mean, it is so hard. It is so hard. <laughs> but everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. So when we step into our centered space and know with this deep understanding that what is happening in our physical reality is meant for our highest good, after we go through the grieving process, we can get to a place of... of mm, centered enough that we can see outside of the grief and then tap into the wisdom and the guidance that they want to share with us, you know, like why they came, what they, what they brought in and, and, you know, just the gratefulness of partnership that happened throughout the years that you did have together. So wherever you are in your journey and whoever is part of your support system, 
I think the lesson here is just to be grateful for every moment. You know, like I, I think I, 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 I remember the night before she was gone, she sat next to me on the couch and I just rubbed her belly and just loved on her. And I wish I had more of those times, you know, like you never think like we never thought that she would be one that would go because she was afraid of everything. So she was always on high alert. But little did we know that was how she was meant to go. So being grateful in every now moment, it helps to see and appreciate all of the love and support that we have around us. I see even Merlin in a different light now. I used to see him as a killer and a hunter, and now I see his vulnerable heart was broken open, and and now he's going to be an indoor cat. Obviously, we're not having this happen again, so we're moving to more indoor situations. Um, And, you know, with that, I feel like I see the softer sides of him, and I am kind of like becoming reacquainted with his heart and and also realizing the support that he needs through this. So uh, I hope that this is helpful, you guys, and thank you for letting me, um, or thanks for holding space for me to let me go through this process of grieving and understanding to see a bigger perspective. I love you.